find the baller. My life is more than money and jewelry. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from playing sports to exotic whips. Ain't gotta tell me, dog. I know I'm the shit behind the baller. My life is more than money and jewelry. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from music exec to this podcast. Now I finally feel at home and laugh behind the baller. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of possibly the greatest free game, real life business podcast in the world. Yes, we are on top of the charts. And yes, we've won some awards. But it means nothing without you guys, aka the BTB Army. You guys, okay? So I want to start this episode off by giving away the biggest, craziest collaboration I've created to date. Yes, a gold Kingsford barbecue grill. This is a $750 item that comes with gold tongs, gold spatula, Ben Baller charcoal, Ben Baller fire starter, Ben Baller matches, and a motherfucking Ben Baller Kingsford apron. And more shit, okay? It's going to sell out in seconds, all right? Are you guys ready? You ready to go? You ready? Okay, well, then you have to wait after the first break. <laughs> Come on, y'all. I had to wake you guys up. You know what I'm saying? Listen, man, my name is Ben Baller, not Ben Humble, and I am the host of this podcast of course, this is a Dust Brothers production, and that intro theme song that you heard is by none other than Illegal Cartel, coming straight out of the 559 area code. Yo, guys, I appreciate the feedback on the last episode, so we will continue with more of that real talk in a moment. Remember, we never gossip on BTB. We never spit small talk but I always drop realness and I'm always me. Yo, let's fucking go. It's summer, y'all. Camping season. So let's talk about pitching tents. That's right. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Guys, Confidence can take you far in life. It could also help in the bedroom, especially when it comes time to step up to the plate. That's where Blue Chew comes in. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablet form and at the fraction of the cost. You could take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready for whenever the opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online. So no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package. I just started taking them and damn. So if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, Blue Chew can help. 
and we've got a great special deal for our BTB listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code BALLER at checkout. Just pay $5 for shipping. That's bluechew.com promo code BALLER to receive your first month for free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. So my son, London, just went back to school this past week. Uh, Ryder's actually just over a week ahead of him, you know, back in school, legit, like for real, right? And of course, you know, um, most of uh, Ryder's class is back, but um, they're going crazy. They've been going crazy and I've talked about it, right? And it's just not good for their mental health and everything, right? To be with their friends and everything, right? So this shit is beyond needed. Okay. And even though London's mental state isn't ready, like at all, we have no choice. Okay. For all our sakes, he needs to be thrown into the water. Okay. Good thing is the water is lukewarm and it's four feet deep. So even if he couldn't swim, he's going to be okay. But that struggle, a little bit of struggle will make him stronger. And you know what, man? I hate to say it, but you know, I think that uh, we're going to have to go see a therapist. You know, it's just. Just some shit that we can do and, and uh, let, try it out. It's, it's something that I've discussed. I know this is real personal, but I just, you know, I feel like I should share it because there are people out there who are having issues. And I, I know for a fact that some of my friends have told me that their kids have contemplated shit, the craziest thoughts, suicide, all that. I hate saying that word when it comes to little kids. But look, I had a lot of health issues like London did as a child. Right? I didn't know about how severe it was until like, more recently, my mom had told me, right? Um, I just remember my childhood being tough. And uh, both my parents worked full-time, you know, like beyond full-time, extra, overtime, okay? They couldn't afford to just babysit me. Like, you know, I just had a deal. And I got kicked out of like fucking 15 preschools, you know, and I fucked up. And I think that that pissed my parents off a lot, you know, and I'm sure it did, you know, and especially because they had to work and stuff. And thank God my mom became her own boss and stuff. But even still, you know, she had to... We had a lot of bills, you know, we had, she had to take care of a family. And that's just how life was back then. You know, that's how Korean households dealt with things, okay? Korean people, they almost never deal with family with affection or care, okay? What they do do is they give tough love. And I think because my parents knew I was so independent, and especially at a young age, that I was very resilient. And that because I was so resilient that I could just deal with moving and, you know, them moving around the divorce and all that shit, you know, but any normal kid couldn't deal with that, okay? Moving as a kid, moving sucks, period. I've said that before. I hate moving. You know, I don't give a fuck if it's a nice place. Just the process of moving is very stressful. It sucks. Even if you have a lot of money, some people don't think so. I'm telling you, it is one of the things that I hate in life, but for a kid to move move schools, move neighborhoods to make new friends, to lose friends. You know, back then there was no way to communicate with your friends. I mean, you could write a letter, yeah, but I mean, you know, like when I was a kid, we barely had touchstone house phones. We're still, you know, dialing the phone, like, da, 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 you know what I'm saying? Like I'm being dead ass serious, right? Like you don't realize how crazy shit, with no text messaging, no emails, none of that shit, right? I think we got our touchstone phone 
when like I was 10, okay? And I think of how London, like how old he is now, right? London's almost nine, it'll be nine in August. Look, I was walking to school by myself at six, no joke. Now again, there was other kids that were walking to school and whatever, and it wasn't that far, it was like three blocks, but life is so different then. You could leave your bike outside. There was just different shit. Yes, there was crazy motherfuckers out there, but again, you know, like I wanna talk about our society now today and how things are and how people are blaming social media for their mental stress and their depression, okay? All right, so obviously, you know, you don't need to watch Baller Busters or anything else. I call people out here and there, but you know, anybody who can add 15 plus 75, okay? You know that today you got people who are perpetrating fraudulent lifestyles constantly all over social media, okay? There's more cap on IG and social media than there is real. It's fucking sad, right? You got a 17-year-old kid who wants to kill himself because another kid his age that he doesn't even know that he sees on Instagram drives a BMW or bands, not realizing that that kid doesn't own that car. But that kid has a social media influencer manager or a company that loaned him the car for the post just to make content with it, okay? Now, of course, there are some high-paid teenagers out there who do YouTube or, you know, they might be rappers out there, whatever, and they, they do have some money, okay? Look at the Ryan kid, right? He's making fucking $20 million a year, whatever. But for the most part, let's say you see a 16-year-old with an M3 and he's rocking the latest, you know, fucking gallery department or V-Lone, whatever the fucking kids are wearing today. That's, that's hot. Gucci sweats and the rarest Jordans, right? Like, this kid right here, low-key could be wearing a $2,000 outfit, you know, you add the Louis Vuitton shoulder bag and all right, boom, now he's, you know, three band, three, who fucking cares, right? When I see kids, I'm like, cool, like, you know, it doesn't, I don't think any way of it, like, oh, his outfit sucks or it's cool, whatever, I really don't really have an opinion about it, I'm just like, who cares, okay? But this is where I ask, where was the parenting at? Like, when does the parenting play in, right? Like, what do you tell your kids if you're barely making enough money to feed your kids, right? You barely got enough, you know, just to clothe them. Yes, you got to do laundry more often maybe, and you don't have a laundry machine in your house, you're doing laundromat. There's way more people than that than there are that, that are really doing well, right? You don't have a laundry machine in the home. You don't get to wear, you know, um, a different shirt each day. And I'm talking about, you know, I mean, there's ways to clothe your kids, you know, uh, in a somewhat affordable way, you know? I'm just saying like if you go to Costco or certain things. But what I'm getting at is people, kids are shit today. They make fun of people. They tease people, you know? So you got to teach them how to be grateful, okay? I don't know if you guys remember like, 10 years ago, I think there was like this page and it showed like, okay, this is what $10 buys. Or it was like 20 bucks. This is what $20 buys in India. What $20 buys in Indonesia. What $20 buys in Brazil. What $20 buys in Mexico. What $20 buys in America. Or like it was maybe 40 bucks, whatever. It just shows like how much food you can get and you just see, right? There's people out there who are living fucking way below the minimum wage poverty line. You know, as bad as it is in America, it's fucking way worse other places, Right? You teach your fucking kids to be grateful. You have the internet. Uh, again, sorry, some people don't have the internet, but you can show them, no matter how bad it is here in America, people have it worse off than they do. And there's really some shitty ass you know, places to be like shelters and things like that, of course. And again, with you know the times today, kids have gotten worse. There's been more bullying. Now there's online bullying. 
there's harassment, there's all kinds of shit. And you know what? Sometimes when you try to kick knowledge to your son or to your daughter, to your kids, they don't want to hear it, right? They don't want to hear that shit because they got to go to school and hear all that fucking bullying and shit from other kids, you know? But listen, bitch assness is a trait that's been trickled down from above, okay? Mental toughness is an exercise and it must be practiced, okay? You got to practice that shit. You got to teach your kids how to be tough. You have to talk to them. You have to remind them. You got to love them. You got to show, okay, love is essential, right? If I could run my life one more time all over again, all right, like like literally from the beginning, if I could run my life all over again, let's not talk about kids, not talk about wife or anything, okay? And it came between my life, how I came up, or like my wife's upbringing, okay? I would choose Nicolette's upbringing over mine all day in a second, okay? Yes, my mom nearly killed herself to give us a better life, so I'm very appreciative to that, right? But I'd rather have had the hugs, the kisses, the words, the assurance that things would be okay, that I love you, you know, and not have these uncertainties and the stress and the beatdowns. Like, I'm not joking at all. On some Shallow Hal shit. You ever seen that movie Shallow Hal? You could be with that fat girl and see beauty, see security, see happiness in that woman and totally bleed, just be, you know, oblivious to the bullshit, right? You find bliss in that situation because you haven't had that fucking bullshit programming. And it's gotten way worse as of today. You know, I'm just saying it's just gotten the worst. It's obviously the worst it's ever been because it's escalating and and. When does it stop? I don't know. How much worse could it get, right? But I think about my boy Prince who works at Trader Joe's now. He's been working there for 30 years and he's raised a family off of it. He's got two kids. He's a good dude. He is genuinely happy. I mean, he's never moved out of Koreatown. He's been in K-Town the whole time, right? And like, um, now I know, look at my boy Prince ain't been to 45 countries before, okay? I don't even know if he's been to Mexico, Right? Um, I know he's never been in a private jet. He's never owned any exotic cars. But you know what? He's raised two good kids who are on their way to college and they're decent people who will contribute to society in a great way, okay? That means he fucking won, all right? My dad never chose the easy route. And when I say easy route, easy route for me, right? I'm not saying it might've been fucking, you know, it might've been easier for him, you know what I mean? But you know, he's like, fuck it, this is what it is. You know, all I care about is religion and fucking the church and you know, teaching and whatever. It's like, I hated my dad for that, okay? He put the burden on me, all right? And not just the ass whoopings, the beyond ass whoopings that he gave me, okay? When I say beyond ass whooping, like, he would use 85% strength, right? With his grown man fist at the time, my dad is 5'11", you know, like 240 pounds, okay? He would literally, I would say I've had at least a thousand grown man fists to my jaw, to my back, to my stomach. And this started from age five and ended around 15, okay? These are punches that would possibly knock out other grown men, okay? I would get that, like, I can get over the beatings, all right? What I couldn't get over was the moving around, 
him not being around, and then finally just giving up as a dad because I became out of control, right? And he shipped me off to live in the Bay Area with my brother who wasn't ready to be a dad, right? My brother's in fucking college. He's like, fuck that. He can't, you know, my brother's nine years older than me, but he's like, you don't want to deal with that shit, right? And my brother was someone I idolized for, at a young age. You know, I think I've said that early on, the K-Town Hustle series, when I broke down this podcast. But he turned, like, from my idol to a person that I despised. And it wasn't even my brother's fault. That's what's fucked up, okay? They tried to teach me humility. They tried to teach me other things. They tried to teach me in the worst way, though. The problem was, it was the only way they knew how to, right? Again, my dad forced religion and education on me. For those of you who don't know, in Korea, you go to school seven days a week, right? That shit is no fucking joke. It's no joke. And then you got religion, you know, for the most part. You go to church and all that shit. And it's just fucking, it's like, you know, you're a robot. Nothing was more important to my dad than the church and school, right? And to be real, those are two things that I could actually give a single fuck about now. I was forced to go to church until I was fucking, you know, pretty much until I moved away and I didn't have to go to church anymore. That was probably the only good thing, okay? But I won't get into religion on this episode because Miles will pull his hair out and he just got his shit back, okay? But after getting out of, you know, I got kicked out of five schools, you know, right before high school, my dad moved us to Beverly Hills, okay? We lived in a 600-square-foot apartment. I'm sure you're sick of hearing it and I'm sick of telling it, right? That apartment is still there today. It is on the northwest corner of South Rexford Drive and Olympic Boulevard. I think it's 361 South Rexford or 360 South Rexford. I forgot. Fuck that place. Okay, we lived in a single apartment with three people. Me, my dad, and my sister. One bathroom, you know, one fucking shitty-ass kitchen. This place was a fucking shitbox. Okay, it was the slums of Beverly Hills. Our place in K-Town was nicer than this place. All right? I lived on the same street as that fucking super famous. If you live in Los Angeles, then you know this lawyer, Jacob and Ronnie, right? Call Jacob. He has over a thousand billboards all over LA. He's a fucking scumbag. Just that's a whole different story, okay? So on the first day of school, I ride my bike to school and sometimes I walk, you know, you know, when I went to school. And then prior to that, listen, yo, I used to take the bus so fucking much. I love the bus. I love the RTD, which, you know, later became the Metro and the M or whatever. I took that shit so much that I would sleep on the bus. I would take the bus and I would take the bus from Wilshire Boulevard in downtown LA, right where it starts, right there at Grand, and take that shit all the way to Santa Monica and walk way before the Thirsty Promenade ever existed. I was a latchkey kid. You know, I was fucking bored sometimes, you know, I just like, fuck, I didn't care about school that much and everything, right? But once I went to Beverly Hills High from the first day, I remember pulling up to school and I see this kid, James Purse. Yes, that James Purse, right? Clothing designer. You see his clothes all over boutiques. You see it at fucking Bloomingdale's or whatever, Macy's, maybe, I don't know, Nordstrom. You know, he has his own actual stores, right? That James Purse. See James Purse being dropped off in front of Beverly Hills High in a brand new red test. I'm sorry, black Testarossa. So it was even crazier because it was black. Most of them are red, right? You see Ferraris all the time. I would see these dorky kids, like, oh, who the fuck is this kid? Kids dropped off in a 400i, you know, Ferrari. Fucking just crazy. Mercedes Benzes, all kinds of nice cars, Rolls Royces. And even the kids who live south of Wilshire, as I did, the Beverly Hills kids, you know, 
they were still well off. You know, these kids are like, whatever, you know, they live pretty cool. Not us, you know, not us at all, no. My dad had a 1982 Toyota Celica with a fucked up hood, right? Looked like fucking Starburst. Went on. It's fucking crazy. It was two-tone paint. The plastic was all brown and everything. The car sounded crazy as fuck, right? Even when my dad would turn the car off, take the key out and put it in park, the car would still make noise and the whole car would shake. It was embarrassing as fuck. This shit was a scene straight out of the movie Karate Kid, right? Like when Daniel Russo went to golf and stuff with Ali. Like, I was sad. I was way too embarrassed to be like, oh, have humility. You know, think about the kids of less. I get it. I'm in a different situation, though. You know what I mean? Like, I'm in a real bad situation. I was so embarrassed to have my dad drop me off at school. He almost never did. And, you know, he got it. Did it make him feel bad? Fuck that. Who gives a fuck? You know? That ain't, I'm not worried about him. You know, like, that's, he chose to do certain things. You know, he could have did something else. You know, he could there was a lot of things that my dad did that were fucked up, you know? Like, not being a good husband, you know what I'm saying, to my mom. And, and, you know, they would have been together. You know, who knows what would have fucking happened from then. But even the kids who lied about their dress and lived in South Central, someone lived in Compton, and they just went to Beverly just to play ball, even they had nicer cars, okay? They'd be like, oh, what's so super... No, fuck, shut the fuck up, all right? I just wanted to move back to Koreatown where I felt cool, I fit in, taking the bus was acceptable, it was okay, living in an apartment was normal, right? And again, some of you guys are listening to this now saying, bro, like, it ain't that bad, like, you know? And I'm telling you, fuck looking at your phone, seeing a kid in a nice car and nice clothes and let it be cap, right? I witnessed this rich lifestyle for real and nothing was fake, Okay? It's a lot different when it's in your face and you got to see this shit every single fucking day. All right? I went to high school with fucking Eric Menendez of the Menendez brothers, right? They killed their parents because the fucking greed and, you know, they wanted to have money and there were some money issues, whatever. They said they were being raped by their dad. Who fucking knows, right? And there's people defending them now, later. They don't fucking know a fucking thing. There's people who fucking follow false narratives and make up their own crazy shit, do all kinds of fake investigative reports, aren't even fucking real investigators. Yes, they could find certain things. That don't mean you could put together an entire story, all right? I went to high school with that cocksucker who killed both his parents because they wanted to fucking have Rolexes and shit and everything. It's just... A lot of pressure. It was a crazy time, you know, and I was too ashamed to go to birthday parties, you know, whenever a kid at school. It was like, one, I, we couldn't really afford a fucking, you know, a gift, a proper gift and shit. It was like, it was a weird situation. My my dad got paid very little, you know. Um, a lot of his money went to church and, uh, you know, he had, he had to raise, uh, you know, me and my sister. My, my brother had a job already at that point. But like, I couldn't just pull up to these houses, you know what I'm saying, in Beverly Hills, these birthday parties, like, they didn't have addresses I could take a bus to, or they even have, they didn't live in their places where I could even walk to, like, 90210 was big as fuck, it would take an hour and a half to get, like, even longer than that, okay, so I had one choice, pretty much, either kick ass in sports, or just get kicked the fuck out of school, right, and what's funny is, I did both, all right, my freshman year, off the bat, I was scoring touchdowns. I was a running back before I became a receiver, right? I was scoring touchdowns. I was dunking by the summer of entering my junior year in high school. But I also had a gambling problem. And 
Thank God I had two rich friends who never judged me and were so kind to me. And they were like the reason why I didn't go absolutely apeshit crazy. Okay. They made it worth it for me to be at that school. And when we built our fucking relationship, that was right when, you know, I got caught being a bookie. Right. I was going to fucking Hollywood Park, you name it. I was going to Santa Anita. I was gambling all kinds of shit. I was making some money. And that was the only thing just so I could fucking survive and kind of fit in. So instead of me lying and saying I had money, people knew we were poor, you know, or I'm sorry, we were lower middle class, but, you know, compared to them, I was like fucking a, a disease. And, you know, at least with, with the money I was making from gambling and stuff, my dad had no idea because, you know, he's working full time and then doing church with the church. I was able to fucking go to the Century City Mall and whatever and get some shoes and try to get some fits off. And my dad just really didn't pay attention that much, had no fucking idea, okay? And I was just getting comfortable at being at school and I was trying to fit in. And it wasn't until then that I realized like, hey, oh shit, hold on. I got my 800 SAT score. I actually got a 1060, my first score. And my second score is 1280. But, um, you know, I got that out of the way and I was playing ball. So I'm like, yo, listen, I could go to a small school in LA. I'm good. I could go get a job. I'm not tripping and go play ball. But then my dad couldn't move again. He was done. I was it. And this time he felt like it was just too much to drive me or to worry about me at a different school. So they had like this long talk and they put on my brother. My brother wasn't ready for this shit, you know? So they shipped me off with my cat, with Fat Freddy, right? I don't know if you guys, if I ever talked about that, but you know, I have my cat. He was my, he was a gray cat. We adopted him. I fucking love this cat. He, he was with me for shit, 14, damn me for, I don't forget how long, but this motherfucking cat was with me for a long ass time, okay? Um, I moved to Albany with my cat. And after, you know, um, you know, I went to Fairfax for a little while because I got kicked out of school. And when I moved to Albany, see Fairfax, I saw the opportunity. I was like, listen, man, I'm at a division one A school. This is, you know, where I can really, you know, flourish and play ball, boom. And I felt way more in there. I was like, all right, cool. But it was like, it was like there was a lot of cool kids at Fairfax. Like, you know, the Red Hot Chili Peppers went there, there's other cool people. And it was like that mid, you know, the Melrose crowd, right? It was, I was good. I was like, all right, you know, I got my swagger. I'm I'm straight here. And I had a lot of people I grew up with that, you know, went to school there. So, you know, I moved to Albany and you want to talk about a fucking culture clash. Like it, it is a different world. Okay. I went from a spoiled, privileged, rich, you know, school with rich kids, 3,000 students, right? The population was what? 3,000? Yeah, 3,000 students at Beverly Hills High. Went to a 600 student high school in a town that is one square mile Big as a fucking tiny ass town in a suburb of fucking Berkeley in the East Bay. All right. I never mentioned Beverly Hills High the moment I went there because I knew it would be like suicide. Okay. But kids found out that I went to Beverly Hills High and it was so crazy. I remember going to football practice. No dad, no brother, no nobody, just solo dolo. But I felt like Sunshine, right? From the movie, remember the Titans, the movie. When Sunshine pulls up in that fucking 67 fucking Corvette with his dad, it was an army shit. I had no dad, I had no Corvette. Just pulled up to fucking the football practice. And it was because I had really long hair, but I had my the sides shaved off. It's a different hairstyle, right? I dressed different. I just talked different. And, you know, I came to football season late, but I started immediately. I think like one weekend, you know, I learned the plays and everything. And I remember begging my dad to let me go back to Fairfax, at least for my senior year, right? 
and I'd live with my mom if they would just let me, but they weren't having it. And I understood my mom's situation, right? My mom was remarried and, and all that and everything. And, you know, that's the uh, rest in peace to Leo. He was, he was my dad too, who, you know, did a, a shit ton for me. And he maybe had an easier job. Anyways, I never let that go, that they wouldn't let me at least finish my, my senior year in, back in, um, in LA. And to this day, I haven't talked to my dad. You know, I mean, from, I would say, what, from 94, maybe, about 94, 95. So from 95 until today, 2021, right? I've had less than fucking, you know, 50 conversations with my dad and seen him very little. You know, he's seen my kids and I don't know if he's seen Kaya yet, but it's just like, you know, like it's just due to all that fuckery, all that shit. All the fucking, just the fucked up parenting. I said, that's how Koreans, and you know what? It wasn't until even my wife was like, yo, that shit was wrong. You keep saying it's Korean way or whatever. I said, and it's, she's right, you know? And once again, at Albany, I didn't fit in at all, okay? But at least I didn't feel sized up, you know? In a way, they're like, oh man, Ben thinks his, his shit don't stink. He thinks he's too cool. So, you know, people didn't like me there. And, you know, they didn't accept me. And that's all good, you know what I'm saying? But that's why I put all my time in sports and I worked at fucking Burger King, you know? And I saved my paycheck. I bought CDs and, and anytime I could fucking DJ, if I could practice on that, you know? But didn't have my DJ equipment, you know? I don't even know where the fuck to this day where my dad put that shit, you know? So only, but if I had some free time, you know, I, I would shoot the shit with homies from school and whatever and I'd play ball. I would literally just play ball. That's all I did, okay? You couldn't play football all year round, but I did. I lift weights, you know, I had a membership at Gold's Gym on fucking San Pablo Ave. I would literally, that's all I did. But the Bay overall, the Bay Area, it felt right to me, okay? I didn't realize until I left, until I graduated school and finished, I didn't realize how much cool shit that my brother put me up on. I didn't realize how fucking amazing of a place the Bay Area was, okay? I didn't want to hear none of that shit. I wanted to be back in Hollywood. I want to be in the party life. I want to be back with the Beverly Hills homies. I wanted to glam and glitz. I wanted to smash broads. Now I feel like, look, man, it's different. You know, I feel like I could reinvent myself, you know. And now, like, me and my wife argue all the time about moving back to the Bay for good. Not just having a fucking condo apartment up there. Like, I much rather have my kids go to school and be raised in the Bay than in Los Angeles. Okay? But the whole point of this rant right here is that parenting is not easy. Some people get really lucky and have kids who are less troublesome. You know, they ain't got no allergies. They have no health issues. They can cope with things. They're not tripping. They're just good, easygoing kids that everyone likes to get along with people. They have friends, whatever, okay? I don't think that there are a lot of parents out there who could deal with a kid like me, okay? But I was molded that way. You know what I'm saying? I got into trouble like... It, trouble followed me because I had that energy around me. And I can't regret shit about those years, how I behaved from ages 10 to 18 because I had no control over those years. That was bad fucking parenting. It's just the OZ, the easy to blame. I never fucking blamed them until just recently because I thought it was all me, right? But once I turned 18, I pretty much told everyone except my mom and my sister to go to hell, Okay. And I will never let my kids be miserable. Even if it costs me my own life, my own mental health. I, I'll never, 
right? I hug and kiss my kids at least 10, 20 times a day, each one of them at least, maybe more, right? And the only reason my kids have moved schools to these days is because they went to preschool and that was it, boom. Then they went to a school that, you know, up to kindergarten, that was it, right? Now, I did talk about London going to a school that was supposedly, you know, one of the best fucking, you know, uh, charter schools, it's not whatever. That shit just didn't work, you know what I mean? He went from having four teachers, you know, so having one teacher per three, four kids and having this, it just didn't work, you know, I'd be like, oh, we shouldn't put, no, fuck that. It was a luxury and that was what I want my kids to do. Yeah, I could have put them, you know, raised them a little tougher, whatever, you know what? That's not what I wanted, okay? Right now, they go to a school that goes up to eighth grade and um, I don't want them to leave until it's time to go to high school, but we're making that decision. Maybe we make that move and we figure out a school that has, you know, something from kindergarten to 12th grade. I want all three kids to go to school together. I want them all to have their backs, you know? I want them to be together all the time. I know they get sick and shit of each other here and there, but they're best fucking friends, all of them, no matter how much they bicker and fight, okay? London is already making friends, so I don't want to fuck that up. Now, it's one of the biggest things about moving to the band would fuck that up. His happiness means everything to me. And I know he's not the same as everyone else in his class, okay? He knows that he has health issues. He knows that, you know, actually he probably doesn't know that he lacks some social cues, okay? So I could go on forever about these things, but what I'm saying is there is too much soft shit going on and I don't want anyone to ever experience having a dad like mine growing up, okay? What's crazy is my dad loved me a lot, right? There isn't a doubt in my mind that my dad didn't love me or doesn't love me, whatever, right? That's just how fucked up that old school Korean upbringing is, right? And just because I wasn't a scholar, he unleashed his frustrations on me. Any kind of shit he had in life that pissed him off, his anger, his temper, boom. My sister would tell me, you know, thank God you went to school with rich kids and were able to network with them, you know what I'm saying, and set some goals of, of what you can get in this world instead of being around people who lack goals, meaning, you know, from, you know, obviously comparing Koreatown to Beverly Hills. I told her, but you know what? Yeah, I'd probably be much happier maybe, right? Yeah, maybe I'd have a fucking, you know, middle-class job, whatever the fuck it is. But I mean, I'm happy now, so I'm very grateful, okay, for how things turned out. But if I can trade it all before my life as a husband and a dad for less pain, like my life, not the upbringing, I'm talking about overall, just that's priority fucking, you know, DJing, all the shit that I did, sneakers, all that stuff, I would do that shit in a micro millisecond. Yes, I would not be the Korean fucking Liam Neeson or the Korean John Cusack or the fucking, I would definitely not be the Forrest Gump of hip hop, okay? But listen, well, I'm sorry, parents listen to me. And for future parents, your kids didn't ask to be here. Take care of them. All right, don't have kids unless you can give them everything they need and then some. It doesn't have to be money, but you gotta give them a lot of love and a lot of attention, okay? Yeah, when it comes to sports, maybe push them to their limits, right? But schools you know, all over the country right now, they're, they're tough. 
You know, I, I can't imagine how society, high school, junior high, how cruel fucking kids are now. Motherfuckers don't give a fuck. There's no fucks given. They'll make fun of your fucking face. You know, if you have a fucking disability, they don't give a shit. I know they try to be like, oh, this changed around. That's bullshit. That's cap. All right, a lot of shit don't make social media. But again, I thank God for my friends, David Sternlight, uh, Stephanie Steinman, of course, my boy, Nick Adler, because everyone else treated me like shit, including my dad, right? That's not, I'm not lying, I'm making up a fucking single thing about the level of beat. I didn't even, I'm not even gonna get into the early beatings that he would do with the belt, the fucking Hot Wheels racetrack fucking uh, thing, you know, go in the bathroom, all the shit that you would fucking turn off the lights, make me sit there for 30 minutes till I fucking legs would fall asleep. Like crazy shit like that. I couldn't imagine ever doing that to anybody. Right? I went the opposite direction. Some people say, oh, you need to get beaten up. You beat your kids too. Now, fuck that. On top of that, I would never, ever put London, Ryder, or Kaya in a situation where they would be at the bottom. That ain't fucking cool for me. All right, look, look. Now, if it's sports, all right, cool. Figure that out. Now, I know that might stress them out. It's tougher. I don't mind if they went through that. That's a different type of pain. But to be at the bottom as far as like society, financial shit, you know, like that, fuck that, never ever. And even still, like I've said many times on this show, I don't want my kids saying, oh, my dad is a Ferrari, my dad is a Lamborghini. No, no, fuck that, none of that. No, what are you talking about? I want them to be fucking blended in, have fun, and they have fun. They eat, they're good, they're happy, you know. For the most part, London and Ryder are, are fat, you know what I mean? They eat good. London eats a lot too, he just has a fast metabolism, okay? But you have no idea how much anger that bad parenting, that upbringing, those fucked up years, that shit brought a lot of fucking just resentment and everything. Okay, you have any idea how bad I wanted to go back to my high school's 15, 20 year, now my 30 year high school reunions this year. I was going to pull up to my 20 year high school reunion in a mink sable. Like dragging on the ground in a Rolls Royce, okay? But my wife slapped some motherfucking sense into me and said, nah, you, you ain't doing that shit. The fuck is wrong with you, right? This was it my 25th anniversary. I think I forgot is what was, I want to do that shit. Thank God, like, my wife did slap some sense into me. Like, you imagine pulling up in a fucking fur coat and it just rolls. I just, like, what's wrong with me, you know? She's like, you can go alone then. And I'm telling you, when your parents fuck it up so bad, right, in raising you. That shit can scar you in so many ways. I still have issues with it, okay? But thank God for Nicolette. Thank God for my kids. They saved me, okay? My biological father today, he has dementia, and I don't know how much longer he has in this world, and I really don't care, right? My brother and sister have pleaded to me, just be like, yo, just show up and see him every so often, you know? It's like, how could you be mad at him? Like, you know, I had it worse. And my brother did have it worse. Believe it or not, my brother, my brother went to boarding school, though, you know? So, like, he was just acting. My, my, my dad beat the dog shit out of my brother, you know? So, it's like, you know, he's like, I got over it. Like, and my brother's, you know, like, I'm not going to get into that. That's his life. That's his business. But... You know, he'd be like, listen, being mad at, at dad is like being mad at a dog. Ben, you're going to regret not being around. You know, um, and, you know, my dad's wife, she passed away a couple years ago, and uh, she had some money, like not a lot, but she had a little money. And they're like, you know, what do you want to do? And I was like, dude, what? I told my brother and my sister, I was like, I don't want a single dollar from anything that had originated from my dad. I'm good, okay? You know, if anything, you know, like give that shit to my mom, Okay. 
Everyone listen, if you ever wondered why I'm so intense at times or have so much built up aggression, I think this might give you better insight as to why, all right? So again, y'all, parenting is a complex situation, okay? Some people have it easy, some people don't, all right? And with that, yo, Miles, let's take it down like two million notches, all right? And let's play the army, some Lakey Lake. All right, guys, we'll be right back after this commercial. This episode is brought to you by Theragun. Leave tension and muscle aches behind. Whether you're an elite athlete or just someone trying to make it through the day tension-free, use Theragun. I'm making 2021 all about listening to what my body needs, which is why I'm keeping my Theragun close by all year. Theragun is the handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power. And it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. The Gen 4 Theragun doesn't just feel good, it gets straight to the source of the pain by releasing tension. Using Theragun's signature percussive therapy which goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. Whether you want to treat your muscle tension from working out or an injury or just everyday life, there's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4. I'm bringing my Theragun on my upcoming family RV trip so we can all feel right. Theragun is trusted by 250 professional sports teams like Real Madrid and elite athletes like DeAndre Hopkins, Maria Sharapova, hundreds of thousands of customers and of course me, the Korean John Cusack. Try Theragun for 30 days, starting at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash baller right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash baller. theragun.com slash baller. Okay, guys. Off top, yo, let's get it, all right? For this gold Kingsford Ben Baller Grill, all right, pay attention. To win, you must name five Seattle Seahawks players that I interviewed here on BTB and mention one important part of their interview that stuck out to you, okay? Email all of that to behindtheballerpod at gmail.com, okay? Guys, there are less than 50 gold grills for sale. I cannot tell you how rare these are and how hard these are to get. This contest here may be a lot easier and give you a better chance to grab one of my grills than buying it, okay, the traditional way. Listen, I only have one fucking grill. No joke, all right? This is the only one I have to give away. I have one for myself, and that motherfucker's staying forever. So now... Depending on what time you listen to this podcast, my girl should be dropping in just over an hour if you listen to this in real time. It's very soon, okay? You can try your luck at 2 p.m. Pacific time. As of this podcast, it's about an hour and, what, 15 minutes or so, something like that around there, okay? On the network app only. 
As always, I really, truly appreciate all your support. I got some more fly shit coming. Please believe and in better quantities. I don't want to leak too much of it, right? I was able to leak the gold grill thing out because I knew it was going to be limited. I didn't know it was going to be this limited. And trust me, there's going to be things that are less painful to your pockets and it's going to be fun for everyone. Um, people have been asking me to make more items so they don't sell out so fast. But you know what? It's like I find that happy medium. People talk shit, whatever. Look, I want people to use these fucking things. It's summertime. All right, so that's the contest there. I'm still a little bit out of it, man. I, I just really... um, I know that intro, uh, that bit was uh, of this episode was tough. And it might have been tough for some of y'all to listen to it. It might have triggered some of y'all who had bad upbringings, you know, had a rough childhood. But I just want you guys to know that being envious over someone else's life that you don't even know is crazy. But now imagine being envious over shit you have to see every single day in real life, okay? Um, I didn't even get to mention that London is, you know, he's back at school, right? And he has a bully at school. And of course, this kid has a fucked up dad, you know, and it's, it's typical, right? Who And his dad almost encourages his behavior. There's been complaints from the other parents and stuff. And the principal's kind of lax because of, you know, people paying tuition, whatever it may be. And they just want to, I don't know, but look at, and also I guess this kid's uh, dad was allegedly an ex-cop, which means fucking nothing to me. I told my wife, I was like, I don't give a fuck. Look, if his son keeps fucking with London, he's going to wish he was still a cop. And that wouldn't even help him out, all right? Like I just leave London alone. He don't bother nobody. You know, and it's just, that's the kind of shit. Now, the thing is, I was never a bully in high school, was never a bully in regular school. Now, there was shit that I did that was fucked up here and there, but I wasn't a bully. I didn't go around the fucking gang and start fucking with people because my child was fucked up. I just had a bad fucking temper and, you know, I didn't take it out to other people. You know, obviously, I got into, into bad things and that's not what we're going to talk about right now. Anyways, uh, pivot. TikTok. TikTok is, uh, is funny. I'll go a couple days here and there, you know, go a week, whatever. I don't post a lot here and there. You know, I have, I have very few posts on there, but I actually have a decent engagement on there, right? But but it's like, um, I, again, I don't spend a lot of time on there. If I get into it, boom, I'll go. I just don't, like, it doesn't, it's just a different world. It's like a, it's such a different brand. It's like, I don't know how to explain it. It's not like like Instagram and Twitter are like cars and motorcycles, right? Like if you're putting in a category and like TikTok is like, Jet skiing, you know, it's something different. It's like, and, and again, wrong. Jet skis are funny. That's just not for me. I don't. I, I fuck with them, but it's like, eh, not all the time. It's just something different. I can't really exactly explain, you know, explain it. But once you get, like, once you figure out what your niche is, your niche, your niche, however the fuck you want to pronounce it, you can't ever go against that. It's weird. They just that's just how algorithm works on TikTok. Like, you must do your niche things in order for you to succeed on TikTok and it sucks because my niche, right? My niche on there is cryptocurrency. Don't ask me fucking why. I'm just like, oh, of course, you know, whatever. But it's just like, I went into it, boom, and it all of a sudden kicked off. And now whenever I fucking do anything else, I get fools like, notice how Ben doesn't talk about crypto anymore yeah, because he's fucking lost his money and see you stupid, whatever you try to do a pump and dump. Shut the fuck up. Smack the fuck out of you, Okay. I talk about cryptocurrency every single day. That's mostly what my Twitter is for, okay? But yes, Doge went down a little bit, okay? Right? But it's gone back up, and it's still way up higher than anything else, you know? I'm not delusional like Vegas Dave, 
okay? He's like super delusional. Vegas Dave said that Bitcoin was going to tank to under 20,000 by the end of this month. Now, it could happen, right? Doubtful. He was wrong about his Derek Carr cards and some other shit. And he said he had fucking crazy. This motherfucker made like, he's done so many Geraldo Rivera fucking, you know, um, Al Capone type bits. It's crazy. The day he said that this shit was going to drop and it's dropping like crazy. From that moment to about last night, because it was earlier this week, Bitcoin did the opposite. It's gone up almost $5,000. Okay. Now, bro hit on a few things. Okay, and he hit big too, like that Mike Trout card, those two cards. He crushed it, great. But he thinks he's the guru of things and stuff and whatever. And, and it just, I can't tell you how many fucking emails I still get just because I wanted his point of fucking view on my show about his betting and stuff. Says the craziest contradictions. So I, I, you know, I just wonder about like, you know, like it's just who doesn't know? Like are people that fucking stupid? Yes, they, I guess they are. You don't know that, you know, you, you see 4,000 comments and 3,800 of them are, are fake and bot? Like, it's crazy. Come on. Right? Do you, you want to know? Go to the Twitter. Okay? He'll have one retweet, maybe. He might have seven likes. Okay? And then you'll see 30 comments, and 37 of the comments are, are negative. Right? But he contradicts himself all the time. It's just crazy because he's a grown-ass man. He's over 40 years old. He's almost my age. To be on social media, to do all that shit, to cap is crazy. What's crazy is he lies about lies. How do you lie about a lie? It's just the crazy shit. It's, it's really, look at, full stop, okay? Bitcoin is now actual legal tender in El Salvador, right? This is fucking huge. I'm not going to read the whole bit about it on fucking from, from uh, Yahoo News and all that shit and everything, right? But it's fucking enormous, the country has officially recognized it and it's there. They're the first. So look, once a few more countries follow suit, you're gonna see all crypto creep up. You're gonna see a, a big step that way. And banks should be scared. All right. Now, sidebar. Jacob and Co. It's pretty much my inspiration to get into the jewelry game, right? Jacob Bacow went on their Instagram yesterday and posted a picture, a GIF file of a Bitcoin and announced that they are officially accepting cryptocurrency, Ethereum, and Bitcoin, and that they are the first luxury watch brand and first jeweler to do so. And you know I had to leave a comment to let Mr. Jacob Arabov know that nah, bro, you are not. And not only are you not, you are only seven years late to the party, my G. Okay? Come on, fam. Like, how do you say something outlandish like that? Like, even if you made that post five years ago, you'd still be super late. Okay? I don't know who else, like, jeweler-wise accepts crypto, but there wasn't anybody in the jewelry game in 2014 that was accepting crypto. That is 100% facts, like not before we did. That's for goddamn sure. I don't think there's anybody really in 2015, okay? Anyways, back to TikTok. For those who don't know this, there is a creator fund on there and it actually pays anyone who has at least 100,000 likes. You have to start off with that. You have to have at least 10,000 followers, I think, or some shit like that, whatever. And they pay you three cents for every thousand views, 
Okay. So I'm at like, I don't know, just under $400. If I just started getting paid right on there, whatever, it's like, fuck am I going to do with that? I'm probably going to end up just donating that to, to whatever. What's crazy is that there are people out there who make 10000 a month just off views. Forget the paid content, Fashion Nova, all the other shit, right? Um, I'm going to have my boy, uh, Kells. I talked about that before, uh, Kells. And Alex, he's, him and his wife are on uh, on TikTok. And they're, um, he's a supporter of the, of the show, a supporter of, of just the whole movement that I do and everything, right? And he could really break down probably a lot more about what he, he has six, seven million followers on there and whatever. But there are people on there that make 10K a month just off TikTok, just off their views, Okay. So I go on there and I come across this homeless teenagers page on the For You page. It took forever for me to understand what the fuck the For You page was, FYP, hashtag FYP, whatever. And the teenager's account, he's homeless, is random homeless guy two, all right, on TikTok. And he lives in Rialto, California. He has an Instagram page, so I don't know what it is. But I can't tell if his account is cap. And uh, it, it seems like it could be, right? But it seems real. Okay, so I started to follow this dude because it's kind of sad. And uh, he breaks down, you know, where he has to take a shower. He says that his mom has a car, where they sleep, and how they eat. Mostly what became viral is how he eats, right? Sometimes he has $3 to eat for a day. Sometimes he has 5 when he eats with our boom. For the most part, he seems to be uplifted. He's all right, you know, no matter how fucked up it is. He just, you know, he has an iPhone 11 that's kind of broken, whatever, and, and um, they don't have anywhere to live. You know, so I guess they live out of the car, but they're homeless. He makes random videos, Showing how he, you know, um, how he charges his phone at the park. You know, uh, he uses the water and, and electricity at the parks. Uh, he usually, you know, finds a church. He gets a pot. He has a pot, and he has a cooker that he bought at Walmart. You can just plug in, and he uses the water. You know, it's basically uses. He eats a lot of ramen. He eats a lot of ramen to make his sandwiches, and uh, he he got a peel box recently, so he gets fan mail. And uh, he'll talk about chick, uh, you know, eating at Panda Express, but he couldn't afford it. So Panda Express actually sent him some gift cards and shit. So I'm actually going to send this kid, you know, some socks. Say one of the number one things that homeless people don't have is socks. So I'm going to send him some socks. I'm going to send him some clothes. I don't know what size clothes he fucking is. I'll send him some socks though. Um, send him a couple gift cards and things. And he just seems keeps him like a good dude. Uh, people send him a lot of noodles. They send him like the, the packets like Gatorade and like, you know, like uh, the little package you could put inside bottled water and stuff. But um, I'm like a 75% believer. But uh, I don't know, man. You, you got to go check out his page. Again, it's Random Homeless Guy 2. Um, he's got like a million followers now, right? And, and anyways, uh, speaking of the homeless situation, it's gotten so bad in California. This is page. I forgot what the fuck it's called. I think it's Streets of Los Angeles or some shit. And there's like one block away from Riff, there's homeless encampments that are going on fire and it's fucking exploding, right? And um, California is definitely worse than anywhere on this planet when it comes to homeless shit, okay? But um, it, it's just getting so fucking depressing when you pass any freeway in LA, you will see homeless encampments. It's just fucking crazy. And again, I think I said this before, when I was up by where Bigfoot was, right in the Redwoods and stuff, there was homeless shit in Santa Clara, like all across, it's fucking everywhere. It's just going crazy all through California. People move out here because of the weather and they just, whatever, you know, it's just crazy. The beach is getting bad. So I don't know, man. But the random homeless kid, you know, his page is, he only has like 20 videos max. Just just do me a favor. Watch all the videos. It ain't gonna take you very long. It'll take, what, 20 minutes to watch all the videos. And, um, you know, tell me what you guys think. 
right? But uh, spe- back to TikTok, my all-time favorite page, I've only been on TikTok for fucking what, two months, three months, right? But there's an account on there, these two guys from New York called the Broadcast Boys. They are fucking brilliant, okay? Genius page, genius content. I want to actually have them on the show. Check them out, okay? And uh, when it comes to podcasts, looking guys, I know you guys don't just listen to mine, right? Most podcast listeners have about five podcasts along the rotation. I don't even listen to music in the car anymore. I only listen to podcasts, mostly murder mystery. Listen to a little bit of Cap. You know, listen to that dude, um, um, Mark... Uh, Garegos, Gallegos, whatever the fuck his name, Garegos, what, the fucking attorney dude, him and fucking dick fuck, what the fuck's his name again? Oh my God, Adam Carolla. And they say some of the stupidest shit. I just, I, I'm like, I'm just, it's crazy how good of a fucking attorney Mark is and you hear the stupid ass shit. But one show, one podcast show that Michael Rapport put me onto that is fucking excellent. It's called To Live and Die in L.A. It is a murder mystery podcast, obviously, based in Los Angeles. It is literally incredible. All right, the first season I listened to in real time and um, is about, you know, obviously this girl who moved to L.A. They never fucking found her. All this crazy shit. I'm not going to say too much, but just, just listen to it. If you get a chance, check that out. You'll get hooked and addicted, okay? So the second season just dropped last week, and it's crazy. This shit is nuts. Just by random chance, I was like, oh shit, what's this about? Boom. I don't know if it's affiliated with the first, I don't think it is, I'm sorry. It's like a different uh, narrator. And uh, um, this new season of To Live and Die in LA, it involves a Korean girl named Elaine Park who's from Glendale, California. Which is crazy because that's where my wife is from, right? And um, she is missing and they think it's her ex-boyfriend who happens to be a rich kid from Calabasas right, whose dad is a fucking acquaintance of mine, right, <laughs> and it just, they talk about, so far as only two episodes, right, they talk about the places that she went to, and the concerts that she was at, and where there might have been some clues for some of these concerts, and they're bringing up friends of mine, and people I know, and places I've been to, like these actual concerts, I was at these concerts backstage, which was, I don't remember this chick at all whatsoever, but it was crazy, because this show to live and die in LA. This season, I'm sorry, it involves members of the band Incubus. Now, Incubus is a huge fucking band. And I've been friends with everyone in the band for at least 20 years. Probably like 23 or 24 years. Okay, anyways, great podcast. Check them out. It's nice to share some love. And I'm not getting paid. It's ain't a commercial. Just want to let you guys know, man. That's the shit that I fuck with. But um, again, I'm sorry. I didn't plan on going that hard about my teenage years, but I did. And, um, you know, so there's not much time to talk about sports, but a few things real quick. All right, look at Seahawks. Please resign and give my dog, Jamal Adams, his paper. Okay. Extend his contract. Sign this dude. Give him his bread. Okay. He deserves that bag. That motherfucker broke records. He broke the sack record while injured and all that shit and still did his thing and made a huge impact. Unlike Jadavian Clowney. Okay. Same with my bro. Quandre Diggs, look at our defense is nothing without these two guys. And our secondary is really nothing with them, okay? So don't fuck this up, Seahawks, please. All right, we can find the money. Speaking of Seahawks, I obviously uh, have my season tickets, so I'm checking out which games I was going to go to. I had asked on my stories if there's anybody who lives in Indianapolis that follows me in through Instagram. 
And uh, I'm thinking about going to the season. The first season game was in, in, in Indiana against the Colts. And I was thinking like, fuck, you know, I haven't been in Indiana in so fucking long. I'll go out there and just stay for the night, boom, go to the game. But I will be going to all the Seahawks games. I think there's might be two or three. And the only reason why I'm not going to them is because they're holidays and my family obviously are very big on holidays. So uh, yeah, that's my Seahawks talk. The Dodgers are back on a roll. I cannot believe fucking Kelly Jansen actually fucking closed the game last night. Listen, he's still fucking absurd to me. Um, NBA playoffs. Oh, by the way, yeah, you know what? LeBron is wearing number six again. And guess what? I don't give a fuck. And you know what people are talking about? Space Champ. Sorry. It's just not going to be like that first one. It just won't. Some things actually surpass the first. This ain't one of them. Okay, NBA playoffs. Look, ain't nothing to talk about. It looks like the Nets and the Suns are inevitably going to be in the finals. All right, it would be so fucking dope to see the fucking Phoenix Suns knock off the Nets, right? And it would be dope to me if they won because we got in their ass in that first round. But of course, injuries fucked us. Okay, so imagine if AD was 90% and LeBron was 85%. We would literally be back in the finals again. Now, when we beat the Nets, I don't fucking know. That is a motherfucking tough squad, right? And they're fucking balling without James Harden. This is crazy. For those of you listening in the San Francisco area, Ben Baller did the strain, is now at Burner Hate Street. Yes, my boy, Burner. Shout out to Burner. Um, it is a subsidiary of Cookies, but on Hate Street, the infamous Hate Street, Go cop that Jonas B and that cat dick. Trust me, it is nothing but gas, okay? And we are a little over a week away from my appearance at Cookies Fashion Valley in San Diego. All my Dago 619ers, make sure you pull up. The day after that is Father's Day, which is next weekend. I will get into Father's Day on the next episode and how we've been getting shafted beyond belief since the beginning of Father's Day. Oh yeah, don't forget to ask those fan questions on the podcast page. Make sure you leave a five-star review in question format on the Behind the Baller iOS homepage. Uh, we'll be doing fan questions next week. Um, oh yeah, my gold barbecue grill does drop very soon, about one hour from now if you listen to real time. That's 2 p.m. Thursday today, LA time. All right, but that is all the time we have today. Episode 200 is coming soon. Rumor is that we have Mr. Rager, a.k.a. the Lonely Stoner, coming to BTB. All right, don't forget to check out all the podcasts that the Dust Brothers produced. DBP not only picks winners on the handicap front, they produce some of the best fucking shows in the podcast space. All right, guys, have a great weekend. I will be in my RV for a few days with the entire Yang Gang. My bad. You know what? Miles actually gave us a name for the RV. And so I need to tell you guys, the RV is now called the K-Town Explorer. Great fucking name, Miles. Great name. All right, BTB Army, hold it down. Yo, Lakey, take us to the moon, doggy dog. All right, y'all. Peace. Peace.